years and years went by before anything really seemed to happen in the Delphi case, and now it looks like it's going 0 to 60 in 2.7 seconds. Alleged killer Richard Allen seems to be singing in jail and made multiple confessions to multiple people. There was a letter made by a supposed fellow inmate and the two teenage girls who he allegedly murdered, Abby and Libby. They had their cause of death recently revealed. But it's not just the new information that's coming together, it's the combination of the time Richard has spent in jail and what's going on and also the crime scene and connecting the dots and also what's happening with his lawyers because there seems to be some scrambling going on. Let's take a look at those three aspects and how it ties into the new information. I'm Linda with It's a Crime, so now let's get into it. Richard Allen has been in jail since November of 2022, and for the last eight months or so, his condition had been getting progressively worse. Back in April, the defense team held an emergency hearing and wanted to move Richard out of where he was currently being held. They claim he's been getting unfair treatment, his health had been declining, and well, Richard had some major changes in his behavior and his actions. But prior to his arrest, Richard was said to be hiding in plain sight for years. Two innocent girls, Abby and Libby, were brutally murdered. And Richard not only recently confessed to killing the girls, but he also admitted to being on that bridge the day of the murders, way back in 2017. Something was missed due to what was called a clerical error. Law enforcement went back and went through old tips from 2017 and then followed up on Richard Allen. Richard confessed to being on that bridge between 1.30 p.m. and 3.30 p.m., which is the same time that Abby and Libby were on that bridge. They did the recording, that famous recording, just after 2 p.m. I believe it was 2.13. Richard put himself on that bridge and admitted it. But first, let's dive into his time in jail. On April 3rd of this year, Richard was said to have confessed to both his wife, Kathy, and Richard's mother. In fact, it was said there were multiple confessions that were made to multiple people. In the court documents, it said that the defendant has admitted that he committed the offenses that he is charged with no less than five times while talking to his wife and his mother on the public jail phones available at the Indiana Department of Corrections. Now, it was noted that after his confession call to Kathy, she abruptly ended the call. There are other alleged confessions as well, but we don't know what those are yet. We know that Kathy and Richard have been together for decades. They were together, I believe Kathy was 19 years old, that they got married, so all of their adult lives. Imagine that phone call. After those alleged confessions, Richard stopped talking. It was said that he would typically make two calls per day, and then when the confession came, the call stopped. It's also said that Richard broke the tablet that he was using to make phone calls and texts. He could also listen to music on it. And to me, that makes sense. You confess, you tell your wife and your mom, and after that, no need to say anything, right? Definitely no need to hear anything back from the two women that are supposed to be important to you. And shortly after he made that confession, his legal team quickly submitted an emergency motion stating that their client's mental state had declined. This motion was brought forward, though, only two days after these confessions. From the outside, looking in, in my opinion, it's really interesting as to the timing, isn't it? He admits to killing Abby and Libby, and boom, emergency motion to get Richard out of there. While false confessions do happen, I do find this interesting. And one more point, when Richard's lawyers would meet with him and give him legal documents, Richard would wet them down and legit eat them. But of course, 
one has to wonder if something was written on these documents that instructed Richard to do something, you know, or things, plural. Also, it was said after he was given these legal documents, that's when his behavior changed. So it's interesting, isn't it? What are your thoughts? Let me know below. Now, the legal team is pushing that his admission of guilt is unreliable because they're saying his, you know, condition is deteriorating, so you can't trust that. And I said this in a previous video, but also from a juror's point of view, it makes things a little wishy-washy. But his condition actually started getting better after confessing. Before his confession, he wasn't eating or sleeping and after everything it seemed to be returning back to normal. So why did he choose that specific day on April 3rd to confess? Now back to the lawyer meetings. He'd know about being recorded so it's interesting that he'd eat the paperwork. You know did the lawyers write on the paper to tell him something and he ate it to get rid of what was on it. I, I mentioned that previously, but was that an instruction by the defense? On April 14th, which was less than two weeks after his confession, two psychiatrists evaluated Richard regarding not only his mental state, but a possible need for medication. But the court records said from that meeting, it was determined that Richard M. Allen did not need involuntary medication and that he did not need to be moved to another facility. And according to court docs, Richard's behavior actually began to improve drastically, it was said, after his confession. Which leads me to the topic of his physical state. Before he was said to be not eating or sleeping normally, but after his assessment and after his confession, he did. So I've been thinking about these various pieces of information and how Richard looks physically really different. He's lost a lot of weight. Was he on a hunger strike? Was this legitimate and he wasn't being treated fairly while being held at the facility? Was he trying to not look like bridge guy for when the jurors eventually see him? But there's another thing that caught my eye and that's the opposite of what the lawyers are saying. They're saying, you know, he was depressed and exercising, things are going a little wonky with him. But the prosecution is saying that his cell was actually recording a video of his activities. And in the court docs, it said that he was quiet, reading a lot of books, did crossword puzzles, and did daily exercise. Now, it's interesting to me because a man who looked like what Richard looked like in court hearings in recent times didn't seem to be a man that would be up for exercising. Not to that mental capacity, he, you know, he was a little bit off for sure, or so it seems. And it's said that he's exercising daily, but I mean, what does that definition even mean, right? Exercise meaning going outside, doing activities, sit-ups in his cell, what is it? In a letter to the Carroll County clerk dated April 11th, a fellow inmate at the Westville Correctional Facility where Richard is housed reported that Richard was facing abuse and mistreatment from both inmates and guards. Unsealed documents revealed testimony from other inmates stating that Richard Allen was constantly threatened with death by both prisoners and guards, and they encouraged him to take his own life. The documents also disclosed that guards referred to Allen as a kid killer and taunted him by falsely claiming that he had family visits when there was no one there to actually visit him. The inmate who wrote the letter though claimed to be in the same unit as Richard and he supported the allegations of this abuse and mistreatment. This inmate further asserted that prison staff recorded other inmates as they re ridiculed Richard. They urged him to unalive himself or threaten his life. This guy who supposedly wrote this note from jail is anything but a stand-up guy. First, he's a convicted child 
predator. Let's just say that. I don't even know if I could use that word on YouTube. And I couldn't even read through the first page in the documents. It involves a little girl and let's just say it's disgusting. So I find it curious that he cares to support Richard. Like, you know, you gotta wonder what's in it for him, right? Also, the timing is interesting. April 3rd, Richard confesses and cuts off communication. By April 5th is the motion from the defense about removing him. And by the 11th, this other guy is writing on the behalf of Richard. Now, with some of this new information coming out, there's a few things to point out about the connection with Richard and the crime scene. First, the defense wants the ballistic evidence to be thrown out of the case. And sure, you could see why they'd want that. The bullet was matched to Richard's gun and found in between Abby and Libby's bodies. When Richard was asked, he didn't really have an answer. And on Nancy Grace, Joseph Scott Morgan was talking on her show and spoke about the ballistics and the gun. And he talked about how this would be torture for the girls to hear um, it being even loaded or anything like that and, and obviously see it, right? But there was some interesting things. I'll put that link in the description box below. Now I'm going through the list of what the authorities found at Richard's house through the search warrant. And one of the things that was very interesting in what they found was a wooden keepsake box in his house. And in it was a 40 caliber cartridge, which matches the bullet that they found between Abby and Libby. You gotta wonder if it was intentional to leave it there or if it was an oopsies. Like if it was intentional, if it was a signature of sorts, were there more people? This couldn't be the first time that Richard did this, is it, or is it? And the autopsy said that the girls were murdered by something sharp. And in the Nancy Grace show, they talked about the girls being killed by a knife. And they also um, pulled a bunch of those kinds of weapons from Richard's house as well. Now, Libby's phone was also found and it was found under Libby. And thank God for that recording and that she was brave and thought even to record and hopefully we can see this all match up by the time it gets to trial. We know now that the recording was around, I think it was 43 to 45 seconds, I believe, but we only heard just the clipping of Guys Down the Hill by Bridge Guy. But we are hearing now that one of the girls did say gun as speculated a long time ago and that also that you could hear um, the gun uh, loading or something to that effect, they said. Now, at the scene, they said a sock and missing underwear was found. This gives me chills for obvious reasons, but it makes me wonder what else was done to these girls. And it worries me about the sock. Let's just put it at that. I don't need to explain that. Now, as I mentioned earlier, Richard confessed to being there at the bridge, but he said he was watching fish. When I talked about it in my previous videos, viewers made several comments about that. Uh, I had said, you know, it's kind of sick because the, you know, the girls were being catfished and Richard was watching fish. Several people also made comments about that they were watching fish or it's like a, like a slang about watching girls. And it's a weird comment anyways. And I connected to the fact that the girls were being catfished. As I said, others in my comments said it had to do with watching girls. But what's also interesting is Ronald Logan whose property the girls were found on and was at one time being looked at said that he went to Lafayette to go get tropical fish 
for his aquarium. I did a timeline video on him and he lied about his whereabouts several times. And we can't forget about what's happened up until this point. We can't forget about Keegan Klein, about Ronald Logan, or any other potentials. When Richard was first arrested, Superintendent Doug Carter from Delphi talked about the arrest and he did some interviews and an overall takeaway was that there's something bigger than we all know. So what kind of ring is going on, you gotta wonder. And how big is this? We know about the catfishing account. We know that Richard put himself on that bridge. We now know that he confessed, even though there's some sketchiness to that. We also know that his wife, Kathy, even though he's confessed, still thinks of him as my person. That's what she said when she was in court in one of his hearings. And I'm really curious about the confession and the timing of it. We also can't forget about that voice on the recording. We won't know this for a while, but man, wouldn't it be interesting what they find when they do voice analysis, perhaps maybe on that phone call or whatnot. There's an element to Richard that shows a type of enjoyment though, doesn't he? Like hiding him, he's been hiding in plain sight, having his picture taken in front of the composite sketches, smiling away, printing and giving Abby and Libby's pictures for free as he worked at the CVS. When I look back at these little details, there's taunting of sorts. Maybe that's why the bullet was left at the scene. Maybe it was purposeful. Almost like, you know what, a taunting. I, I don't know the word, but experts said that it's a possible reason why he didn't strike again because he was still getting benefits, so to speak, while being around people who talked about it, reliving the entire thing. And then in jail, he wouldn't get that supply. It's something to think about. What do you think? And if he possibly well, deliberately changed his physical appearance and mental state so that he could confess while it being, you know, not a beyond a reasonable doubt, well, there's that too. Something not to be dismissed. And how are you so far gone in the state that he looked like but was sure to get his exercise in for the day? I have so many questions. Check out my entire list on the case here. Let me know below what you'd like me to dive into next. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you in the next video. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.